I am very happy to be the last, um, the last person to think um, aloud now after all we have already discussed. Um, with Bina we said that uh, I tried to do it in half an hour so that we have afterwards more time to discuss and I, will, I just took over the job to bring together some thoughts that I already brought with you with some reflections on what happened until now. Um, and I gave this the title Situating Critical Practice, which um, comes from this seminar that we have done in Vienna that was called Critical Management in Curating. And in this seminar, we, we try to address something that is more and more common in our field. And um, that is something that I call critical theory and uncritical practice. Um, which, which also, I think these things have also something to do with each other because, I mean, I always ask myself, um, with something like, for example, a 24 hours marathon of um, radical, of radical thoughts, like we had in Graz, for example, two years ago, uh, organized by Florian Meitzacher. It was, it was really amazing in the framework of Steirischer Herbst. Four years ago, all time goes so quickly. <laughs> I can't believe it, okay. Um, um, yeah, so uh, with a 24 hours marathon, what are the working conditions for something like that? Who is, who is working under which conditions during the night? Or what does it mean that you meet from 10 to 12 here on Monday morning? What does it mean for the nights? Because the work of the people is, is not less only because you do that. So, um, so taking into account all these critical projects that are becoming more and more, we wanted, I mean, we felt a need uh, of a space to think about how, how is this translated in practice? What does it mean in practice and how can we think this together? And that was one of the reasons why we uh, organized this seminar in Vienna called Critical Management in Curating. Um, and this is so some of I will just present some of the ideas one is the, the question on how to relate to the history of institutional critique um, institutional critique on the one hand and then new institutionalism on the other um, and um, I, I, we thought or I think the relation to this has to be one of um, f I think, I, I mean, I want to be faithful to the criticality of as much the art as the new institutionalism in a way that I want to look at it as something that is able to disrupt the institution, even though I know that there is a long history of appropriation of the institution. So when I look at how institutions work with institutional critique or are critical institutions, I see that very often the emphasis in what they are doing is <laughs> on the representation of critique or on the, on the material of this artwork of institutional critique um, instead of its content. And um, even though, I mean, we all know that this is now 
since uh, we discussed it actually in Helsinki when we were there, that this is now all uh, canonized while the working conditions are not better. <laughs> while the, in the, yeah, I mean, we all know that uh, artists talk, uh, talked about strike, once in the 70s, once in the 90s, but we are never on strike anymore. Um, the institutions are not less white. Um, they are not less socially segregated, even more. So what I think is the appropriation of institutional critique in the good sense of appropriation should be to take it seriously. And we should not be allowed to present any of these works without also living it in somehow, without also um, creating processes of being faithful to it and not to the materiality of the paper on which something is written with a typewriter, but to the content of what is written there. So this was, uh, this was behind also the thoughts of a project of two students um, of Kuma two years ago. <laughs> um, that was called Never Underestimate the Institution, and there they tried in in the in form of a of a teaching material to to ask how to translate um, strategies of artistic practices of institutional critique into institutional practices today. Now, um, the uh, the the reason why we, why we did all this is exactly what what Andrea said that we um, very much thought that it is important to emphasize the organizational part of what we are doing. Instead of thinking that what is important is, now I, now I think the other way around, what we think is important is only the content of what we are saying, we have to emphasize that everything that we are saying is organized in a certain way, and this certain way in which it is organized has transformed very much in the last 15, 20 years. The way how it is organized is now, as we are working in the public realm, transformed from, I mean, especially in Austria and Finland, from an, from an organizational logic of the welfare state into an organizational logic of neoliberalism. So, um, now I want to say two things about that. One is that I think that Goldsmith College and especially also the, the, the discourse about curating there um, has its part in it because the shift from curating to the curatorial is exactly this. It's a devaluation of the practice of the work. So a total interest in, the, in, in this like, very intelligent thought that, that I mean, I, everything I can think is and somehow I owe it to this discourse. So, I mean, I cannot be more grateful. I am really very grateful. But at the same time, by valorizing the, this dimension, this dimension of the critical theory, unfortunately, in this case, it came together with a devaluation of the practice, which I think is very problematic. And um, not that this practice is not being done in all the institutions in which all these critical things are said. It's just done under precarious conditions, absolutely not seen, even less seen than it was seen before. And by people who are not, I mean, yeah, who are not paid for it in the same way as the theorists. So this is, this is one point. 
And then the other point about this change, um, management as a practice of change. Yeah, unfortunately, management is a practice of change, has been a practice of change in the last 20 years very much, but not a change to the better, but to the worse. So it is even change itself that uh, I think has to be... Um, <laughs> thought about um, in somehow it, uh, I mean the idea of change is totally appropriated by neoliberalism and when we talked about social change um, this was very helpful because we made people agree to change not to the change in the political sense but to change in general and what change was it it was the change uh, of everything we are doing on the on the organizational level under the head of capitalism so they took everything that we loved. <laughs> and, but this is normal. This is going on all the time. This is life. This is politics. This is organization. I mean, nothing is only for us. We have to, we have to fight for it or leave it. We have to know what is worth to fight for or to be left. Um, but just to continue a bit on this, one of those is failure. I will, the one like, which was the dearest to me, the concept of failure as a possibility of radical educational practice. Um, let's look a bit what happened with it. Um, uh, on the way from avant-garde theater uh, through curating to capitalism. Um, so here, Beckett, we all know, I think we have read it like so many times in the last years that I don't have to read it to you, this quote um, of Beckett. But obviously, this is not in a book. This is already a photograph of an exhibition. In this case, in 2013, I don't say how many years ago, <laughs> in uh, Hamburg in an exhibition that was called Besser Scheitern. Uh, fail better moving image from 1st of March to 11th of August 2013. But still there very much, um, I could very much relate to it. The artworks were very much in, the, in this idea that I, as a radical educator, um, used, I mean, this is how I grew into becoming a radical educator, through this acceptance and, and openness to the possibility of failure in a world of um, hierarchies and exclusions. Okay. So, very good quote, I think. Uh, that's why my really very beloved and, and respected colleague, Sasha Nabagoy, took it up for um, a journal on curatorial practices. Um, and here it becomes already, maybe one year later, um, the, the header, the title of what advanced curatorial practices can be, should be about. Um, it's interesting because in this journal, there's also one text of me and Louisa Taya about post-representational curating. And I have, I mean, in this, in these last five years, I've been working on this topic. And the more I work on it, the more I understand that the fluidization of representation is in itself also part of this logic. And I have to, and I am in a process of rethinking that. So now... At that time, like one year later, let's say, or six months later, um, there were some um, ac activist artists in Greece, and they were not so sure if they agree with this. Um, 
I've seen them in this show in Bosa in Brussels. So this is by Nikos Navridis. And um, unfortunately, only again, like, oh, you want to have it? Um, and then, unfortunately, again, six months later, or maybe only three months later in uh, Germany at the airport, I see this. This is the, like the business magazine Brand 1. And it explains us um, the... In its, like this was when, when this business magazine Brand 1 has it had as a main topic the topic of failure. And um, it explains the story of PayPal, how PayPal is born out of a failure. So it more or less explains that economy has to accept the idea of failure as a main engine of going on, of, of becoming better. PayPal. PayPal. PayPal, PayPal sorry. <laughs> PayPal. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so in summer we are the trainers of all these new economical subjects who have to accept, thanks to Beckett and our ability to quote Beckett and our ability to perform Beckett, that failure to accept that failure is very much part of their life. Unfortunately, it's not the failure that I thought about because it's the failure where you know you start something, you lose money, you start the next, you lose money again, but you accept to lose money to be more and more in debt because you believe that this is part of an economy that one day will give you success. Yeah, so um, what does it mean for us? <laughs> Where do we stand? Um, I, I just want, I, I say this because I want to, to in, this, in this framework of, of critical management, I want to ask um, what promises are we given and what promises are we promoting in what we are doing? What promises do we let mobilize us in the name of neoliberal transformation? Um, and in what ways, while we are doing this, are we accept, accepting measures of economizing culture and education? Um, even, though, uh, even, even though and also with our radical thought. Then, for sure, I bring up again here now my first point, this division that I would call a division between intellectual and manual labor in the curatorial field. And I would say curating is the manual labor, the curatorial is the intellectual labor. And this division has been reinstalled in the last years very much. Um, so I, I want to I mean, this, my idea of critical management in curating is to address and understand the contradictions by taking praxis as a starting point. Um, and to emphasize the productivity of thinking critique and praxis together again, and to stifle attempts to keep critique and praxis separate for the benefit of stabilizing neoliberalism and to discuss alternative forms of agency and organization. So instead of... Um, 
instead of thinking that most of it has also something to do with leaving is a bit what you said with leaving administration to the others like these people they they do administration they are not critical we don't ally with them let them just do what they do and we are doing our leftist thinking and if we don't create alliances also in the sense of bringing our own leftist skills in the part of administration, but also by acting in solidarity with the administration, I think it will be complicated to, to find alternative forms of, of agency and organization. So my two points um, that, I, that I want to emphasize here in this context, the one is the theory practice point, I think I did it now quite long, the other one is uh, the inside-outside point. So, um, we have this um, problem, let's say, of institutional critique that, was, that it is very much turning to the inside. Um, for institutional critique, this is not a problem. This is very much a choice. Um, Andrea Fraser clearly says that after the 70s and 80s, where she has the feeling that um, political engagement went sometimes in an empty way only outside. She wants to turn it to the practice of the artists and art workers themselves. Makes totally sense, I understand it, but it's also a problem. Because if you only look at the inside, what you don't what you cannot do is to relate the practices of the institution with the conditions um, in the world. And a critical practice is, I think, exactly this. It relates one's own situated position with existing social struggles. And these social struggles are, um, can be in the institution, but always have to bridge inside and outside of institution. In, of institution, not that I think, not that I think that there is any outside, but I think that there is an outside of the institution. Um, and have always bridged. I, I mean, any political organization has always had to bridge that. So in this sense, this would also be my, my question mark to this room um, that very much only looks inside the wall and also to our questions today. Because, I mean, I immediately felt uh, that, that what can I answer to the question which habits I want to keep and which habits I want to get rid of, um, I, I immediately want to add to this question and how can I change the condition together of these habits. And by looking only at the conditions, the habits are missing, and by looking only at the habits, the conditions might be missing, and I think they have to be looked at together. So many times we talked about the undercommons here, um, and I come back to them again, commons, undercommons, I mean, um, this word is coined by Fred Moten and Stefano Hani. And um, I think, I mean, it's very helpful to, to think this concept as a concept in a world that has um, capitalized our everything, our desires, our love, our life, our way of organizing, our way of thinking, our way of thinking radicality and so on. And um, Moten and Hani propose in the very within of this neoliberal 
take over the possibility of sitting together, study together, and creating something like subversive strategies inside and outside of institutions, and absolutely under the condition of no outside. And this under practices of the undercommons, they call them fugitive practices. Um, and they say the only relation to the university that, that, the, uh, that is possible is a criminal one. Um, and this makes sense, especially, this is what we discussed also to this morning, this makes sense, especially in a situation in which, uh, in which so many positions, in which the, the university becomes a police institution, is a, is a neoliberal institution, is often a corporate, becomes a police institution, and so many practices are already criminalized. So we don't have to become criminals, we are already criminalized. And then the question is, how can we be together in this situation? Um, now, what is the, my problem with the undercommons and the fugitive practices? Um, my problem with the fugitive practices is that they are fugitive. So now, that's great, but we cannot build on them. We cannot say, hey, let's have a union of fugitive practices. It, this cannot exist, because this is the, the concept of fugitivity is fugitivity. So I think that um, fugitive practices is, are anyway there, and they are, they, are, they are there and they are needed. Um, but I want to dare to think them together with practices of continuity. Um, and I think that, um, yes, ma we come together in a multitude, but I want to dare to still think collectivity. And um, to, be, to, be per to be persistent in the possibility in, in this kind of critique, and re even though critique is appropriated, um, and also in thinking about practices of reappropriation. So my point is, undercommons, yes, but um, the only the, I think this is a this is not the only possibility of the institution. Undercommons and institutional takeover, both. Um, now I make this very quick. Um, the, the concept of study of Stefano Hani has a lot to do with coming together, with assembling, and I wanted to enter there a bit with Hannah Arendt and with the tables that are always in between the people who study. Um, this, is a, this is from a stage of uh, Bertolt Brecht, the mother. And uh, it's very beautiful because it's a... It's, it's this process of learning of the workers on the stage. And this, the guy is the bourgeois teacher. And the bourgeois teacher is teach, they say we want to learn to write. And then he writes things like on the blackboard, like very boring stuff, like ast, blah, blah. And then they say, we don't need that. We don't want to have this boring stuff. Write worker, write class struggle, write exploitation. And then he says, but. It's not about the words. It's exactly like with institutional critique, you know. It's not about the words. It's about learning the alphabet. And they say, but the alphabet is also in worker. It's also in class struggle. Yeah, so there is a long history of people studying together. Um, this is in the 50s in a cafe in um, London, Soho. 
the Partisan Café. And here you see, um, again, people sitting around tables. Um, this has been... Exactly. No, not used to go. He founded it. Yeah. I will talk about me about it. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the it's part of the project of New Left Review. Okay, so then also in exhibitions we have seen many tables. It's here it's interesting. Look, we um in this Van Abbe Museum Eindhoven, um I I wanted to talk with you about the very important question, um, maybe also for us, that Irit Rogov brought us in 2006, which is, I mean, which is a question towards the institution that I don't want to lose when I become undercommon. And this is the question of what can we learn from the museum beyond what it shows us. Unfortunately, when people make photographs of exhibitions like this, they don't show the people, they only show the tables. Um, but still, um, this practice, this now, this this marriage of the undercommons and of the institutional building, I want to call it para museum. Um, and um, I call it para museum using this um, uh, prefix para, that is a Greek prefix, and in Greek means at the same time, within and beyond. So um, it, is, it does not mean counter, although like in the language, this Greek prefix para will then in Latin become the prefix anti. But it is not anti yet. It is uh, something that is at the same time within and beyond, like parapsychology. <laughs> um, and this, uh, this paramuseum is... Um, for me, a museum that is at the same time um, faithful to, to, the, to the possibilities of this institution as an institution that is born of a revolution, a bourgeois revolution, <laughs> an exclusionary revolution, a national revolution, uh, uh, whatever, but born from the possibility of radical revaluation of values. And this, I want to stick with that. I, I want to trust in that and I want to be faithful to that. But this is not the only thing I want to be faithful of because the walls of the museum are too narrow for me. I think it is very important to, not only to relate to this institution, but also to relate to the existing social struggles outside of the institution. That I also see um, this paramuseum practice faithful to. Um, yeah, so this is the end of my talk. <laughs> now... <laughs> <laughs>